Well, good morning, good evening, good afternoon, whatever time that may be, wherever you are. My name is Craig Hagan, and you're listening to Rainbow's Weekly Podcast. I'm sitting here with my co-host, T-Mac, Tony McKinnon, on a wonderful February day now. Yeah, it's mighty nice. February the 8th. Um, it's like 55 degrees outside. Yeah, two days after the State of the Union. <laughs> we weren't going to mention the yeah, State yeah. of the Union. <laughs> working on my precision drugs. Yeah, going to start the chip factory. Yeah, chips ahoy, they're going to be going to call it. No chip left behind. We're bringing them all back home from China. <laughs> he did say he's trying to you know, yeah. buy American or whatever. Yeah. I don't know. But, yeah. yeah, State of the Union happened this week. <laughs> now, you know, you know, which I actually didn't know that they're required by the Constitution to have a State of the oh, Union yeah. address. Yeah. No matter how bad the Union's yeah. going, they have to give the state. They could have just, you know, flushed the toilet and let that be it. <laughs> State of the Union. You know, I, I don't know. It would be good one of these days if the Democrats and Republicans could work together to actually yeah, pass laws, yeah. but um, I don't see it happen anymore. <laughs> I tell you what, old Sarah Huckabee Sanders, man, oh man, she did a good job. Now, did you notice, though, it's interesting because her whole kind of theme, she's 40, President Biden's yeah. 80, her theme is, you know, younger generation or whatever. Also, I noticed though, whenever he she talked a lot about whenever she was, you know, the um, what, what do they call that the press secretary, mm-hmm. but she never mentioned President Trump by name. She always said, you know, you know, I, for the president, but she never mentioned him by name. Thought that was kind of interesting because some of the things she said might have helped his campaign <laughs> by by saying some of the things that he did. Hmm, I guess maybe I didn't hear it that way. I was just, uh, yeah. because I knew who she was talking about, maybe I just assumed she did say his name. Yeah, no, she never said, I, I thought she was, especially when she was talking about. When they flew over there. When they flew over there, yeah. I thought, you know, she was going to say, you know, you should have seen this all, when President Trump entered the room. She, she didn't say, she said the president. She didn't and say First President Lady. Trump. Yeah. And it was interesting. <laughs> and, and that might be a GOP thing to make it more, you know, whatever, or maybe like that. And, yeah. and the other side about it is it seemed that the, the, the thing was a younger generation. So obviously he's not the younger generation. But anyway. Yeah, that's our, that's our uh, political pundancy for today. Political pundancy, yeah. <laughs> well, you know, the reason I say this is because I'm, I'm one of the founders of Pastors for Trump. That's Pastors for Trump. Um, and you can look that up. Um, and we're supporting President Trump, or at least I am. Um, Mainly because I have friends that know President Trump. So anyway, so it's pretty cool. We're actually more than likely going to have him at a function in May. So that's pretty cool. Yeah, awesome. Yeah. Anyway, well, we're ready for today's podcast. (laughs) I almost said podcast for whatever reason. (laughs) (laughs) You got Um, got Joe Biden running around your head. Joe Biden running around him. Running around him. (laughs) Well, today we have Paul Cavanaugh back with us again. Um, he's from the Grand Church in Kinder, Louisiana. Um, and uh, Paul, I'm going to go back to 2020. You know, because some people maybe they didn't catch your 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 last program. And um, tell us again what happened in 2020. You know, whenever I prophesy it's going to be the best year ever, and <laughs> I think <laughs> we'll we'll start there, and then we'll talk about. It. Well, at at first, it wasn't looking like it was going to be the best year ever. Um, We had two hurricanes hit pretty close back-to-back there. Uh, Hurricane Laura was uh, the worst one, and it hit. But uh, early on, uh, 
Sheila had actually come to, I think was in the service, uh, or watched the service. I remember her talking about your comments about, you know, this could be the best year ever. And uh, right after that, once we walked over there, we walked the property after that morning, it was pretty bad. I mean, uh, buildings destroyed, everything else. And um, she reminded me shortly after that, she said, you know, Craig Hagan said this was going to be the best year ever. I said, did he? <laughs> and uh, <laughs> you might want to get him to come take a look out here. <laughs> but um, we, you know, we, we made a decision to be in faith about it. That's one of the moments when you just, it's best just not to say anything. <laughs> mm -hmm. You're worried something bad is going to come out, negative, uh, walking around that morning. But uh and then, of course, the next hurricane, which I, I want to say was about a month later, there was a lot of flooding with that, more damage. Um, but by the end of it, when all was said and done, uh, we come out the building. Uh, now, it took a while to get everything done on the building because it was a process. But uh, It looks good now, though. Yeah, it does. It does. It's better than it was. Mm -hmm. um, we added on to stuff, um, you know, different buildings and things. But uh, that year ended up being... As crazy as it seemed at the beginning there with all that happened, it ended up being the you know, one of the best years ever because the building we I think we owed about twelve twelve years we were, had left on it. The building was paid off during that time Amen. as well as all the additions. Our own personal home was paid off during that time. Um, just it seemed like God just, just said, Move out of the way, let me handle this. Um, it was supernatural the way God moved because it didn't make sense looking mm -hmm. at it that morning walking around the property. I can tell you it didn't make sense. Yeah, but um, it ended up being one of the best years ever. <laughs> I had to say it was awesome. Amen. So um, Tony was saying you're getting ready to celebrate 15 years. Yes, sir. Amen. So so now are you originally from that area? Correct. Before yes. You? Yeah, we were raised in Lake Charles, and um, I was a teenager. We moved up to a little town smaller than kinder which is reeves out in the woods and uh but uh going to church and kinder and everything it's always been there in kinder so so let me ask you this question um obviously you got hit with two hurricanes and so how did your church do post-covid now all the stuff going on um it's done well it uh we were affected like everybody else there's been some people that uh just, I mean, they've come back a couple of times, but they seem to uh, just have got comfortable. I think like a lot of people, you know, I think there was a lot of us that saw what was happening there at the beginning when they said, you know, you're not going to be able to meet for this amount of time. And and we there was that short season. We met in parking lot for a while. We went through a lot of the same stuff as everybody else did, the, you know, sending out videos, whatever we had to do. But um, we're back up pretty much where we were with attendance. Um there has been some that just, I mean, you call them, you check on them, but they're, you know, they just fell into that routine. I think, like everybody kind of was looking at at the beginning, people getting in that routine of that amount, that amount of time where they're not going to church. They got comfortable with it, mm -hmm. uh, whatever, you know, and so we saw that happen. But then we've, got, we've gotten some new people, too, you know, after that. And so uh, we're back up about where we were. Now, I can tell you from, from being there. Uh, several times that church is I mean it makes an impact in that community and you would not think to find a church of that size um, in a place that small yeah, yeah. so how, how big is Kinder for, for people are listening uh, about 2,500 people I think the last census was I'd, I'd be lying if I said when it was I know there was one in <laughs> 2010 
And uh, well, that's what twenty twenty, by the way. <laughs> <laughs> you hadn't seen that one. I didn't see that one. But, <laughs> but uh, every ten years they have a census. You know what? I just learned something new. <laughs> <laughs> Listen, they don't have a Walmart, but they do have a casino. Yeah. Are you sure they have the census every ten years in You'll Kinder? <laughs> <laughs> well, they have the census every 10 years in the United States. There you States. go. Um, there you go. And so and I, know, I know they took a little longer because of the whole COVID thing to actually count people or yeah. whatever. And, you know, but, but yeah, that's, 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 that's a, a, every 10 years. Now, what, we, what you guys – well, I'm not saying you guys, but what many people do not realize, the, reason, the biggest reason for the census is, is um, for your you – know, for, for the state – for the House. Um, yeah. House representative. Districting. Um, yeah, districting. In fact, um, since that's why in 2020 California lost three or four um, seats, yeah, because, because they shrank in Texas and Florida gained some seats and things like that. So, so yeah, so that's one of the big reasons is that, you know everyone gets two senators and then the House is based upon upon um, number of um, of people living in your state. Um, you know, Oklahoma has five House members. And so that's one of the, I mean, I'm sure there's other reasons for the census, but that's one of the, <laughs> that's one of the main reasons. That's one of the main reasons for the, for the federal government. Um, I'm going to have to look this up. Yeah. <laughs> we so, were about 2,500 people though. Yeah. And so you don't have Walmart, but you have a casino. <laughs> you know, we, we, uh, this is not a good thing, but we, I found out, I thought we were the only one, mm-hmm. but we are the second, there's one in Texas, I forgot where, but we're one of only two places in the United States for a Walmart to come and close. Oh, really? So you had a Walmart? There was one years ago, but but it was before the casino. If they could have held out. So after the casino, they, probably, they, they, would, yeah, they, they brought a lot more traffic through the area, yeah. yeah. Well, apparently they did skip Kinder in 2020, because <laughs> really? if you Google it, you go. it, it only brings up the 2010. <laughs> <laughs> and it's under 2,500. 2,477 people. There you go. There yeah. you go. Maybe they're still counting. <laughs> they're still counting. <laughs> they, they took a wrong turn, went into the casino, the counters did, and ain't nobody seen them since. There you go. <laughs> yeah, it is interesting because a lot of times when I'm trying to figure out if you live in the country or what, yeah. Yeah. how far are you from the nearest Walmart? Yeah, that's that, it. That that's you got to go to Lake Charles. Yeah, so, of course, Tony and I, we only live like, like a mile or so yeah. from Walmart. Yeah, I think the- we got a Walmart and. Almost well, three directions. We got a Walmart. Thirty minutes in three of the directions. Because yeah, there's one going west. back towards Alexandria. What's that little? That's Oak, Oakdale. Oak, yeah, yeah. Oakdale. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Um, if you go back towards like to the west, you you got to go a little further to yeah, get to one. Yeah. But uh, so that's we got to go thirty minutes to get to the Walmart. But but they got Roy's Catfish Hut. Yes, sir. So shout out to the people in India. Yeah. If you ever get to Kinder, <laughs> Louisiana. <laughs> You got that's to a, stop at Roy's. That's the best oysters there is. Hey, Fried uh, oysters at Roy's. Best oysters, best crawfish etouffee. Yeah. Ooh, you know, people in India actually might like crawfish. They might. <laughs> you know, yeah. they Yeah. Um, I, I know one of the pastors, one of the pastor's friends, he, he actually he goes to India a lot and ministers at Rama. Um and he actually married um, one of the teachers from over there and brought him and so we're in we're in that Olive Garden, didn't she? <laughs> She like wants Tabasco to put on Olive Garden. So, I mean, you know, really? like, oh, yeah. I mean, she's just used to spicy they food. Like it hot. Because I'm, I'm like, really? You know, she's like, she likes spicy food. So, so people in India might like them. Yeah, yeah. They, absolutely. They might like crawfish, things like that, mm-hmm. or something, something spicy. But, yeah, yeah. You're making, you know, if you listen to the program a lot, Tony loves um, 
crawfish. <laughs> Any kind of Louisiana yeah. um, type food, he's, yeah. he's, he's all about yeah, it. I got some gumbo in the refrigerator at the house right now. I might eat it tonight. I can, I can testify that he, he, he can eat a lot of it. <laughs> Tony's our food critic. Yeah. yeah. I try to stay on a diet, but it's not, not working right <laughs> yeah. now. Look what I just found. There you go. That's why you smell so yeah. good. What? You got a bounce, bounce you got sheet. a dryer sheet and yeah. slip up his sleeve. <laughs> <laughs> anyway, so T- Tony just pulled a dryer sheet out of his, yeah. out of yeah. his clothes. No static cling today, That's it. baby. <laughs> Praise God. Okay. <laughs> so anyway, yeah, I mean, you know, nationwide, um, about 85% of the people are back after COVID, according to a, a thing I just read the Say it again. 85%. 85 Most churches are 85%, but a lot of churches closed down um, during the whole COVID thing. And a lot of it also depends on where they're, you know, where they're from. Like, you know, yeah. like here, here in Oklahoma, we weren't closed very long, but some places closed longer. That's true. But, um, you know, it is interesting because of um, people got out of the habit. I mean, once you get out of the habit of doing something, you just – yeah. Don't do it. Mm-hmm. So they got out of habit of going to church, and you know it's you know kind of kind of been sad. The amount of churches are closed, but you know a lot of churches I, I know here at Rama we actually gained people during COVID, so that was a good situation. Mainly because some other churches were closed. Yeah, you got churches yeah. right here in Tulsa County stayed closed for over a year. Really, almost two years. Two, yeah, yeah, almost two years. Yeah. Yes, sir. Yeah. Word of faith churches, you know, that believe in the Bible. Oh, by the way, too. Um, <laughs> Right, right before I turned my car off, you know, parking there, they, uh, I'm listening to KRMG, which KRMG is um, News Talk Mark Radio. Mark Yeah, Mark K Show. <clears throat> and it wasn't Mark K. This is actually a KRMG, you yeah, know, news, news. news break or whatever. Yeah. And it was like so-and-so research facility has now determined that a mask I heard that. will do little, to, has little to no effect on the COVID virus. Yeah, I was coming up the street. I heard the same thing. Yeah, yeah. So, yeah. so obviously, you know. So the, <laughs> they're telling the truth now. The yeah. jury's not out no more, huh? Yeah. <laughs> jury's back. I, I don't know. Dr. Fauci, though, he still has them. <laughs> Technically, if you go back to Dr. Fauci's first interview with 60 Minutes, he said a mask doesn't really do much. Um, really? Yeah. It's very first interview. And then he took the narrative and things like that. But Off that's it. Yeah. If, if you go back to 60 Minutes' first interview, Dr. Fauci said you if you – Maybe if you're sick with the virus, maybe you might consider wearing a mask, but no one should be wearing masks right now. So he definitely changed that stance. Yeah, but he changed the stance because, yeah. you know, got to fit the narrative. Um, yeah. You know. Anyway, hopefully he does get on his retirement. <laughs> <laughs> well, Paul's here this week uh, teaching in our third year um, school of pastoral ministry. It's during this term every year, that's we bring in a different pastor from a different part of the country so what kind of stuff are you talking to them about um well it'll take years to straighten out I can tell you that. I mean, once, once we leave um, um I, you know when i was asked i began to to think about um and it actually some of the stuff that dean tad had sent uh just side notes there to what you might want to talk about one of them that stood out to me was the things you didn't learn in bible school and uh so i started thinking about that and just kind of writing some thoughts down, and then I kind of have went in like chronological order to when. Well, I talked about our time at Raymond with them, and you know, when we were here, how we ended up here. 
but then from there just the the, the course kind of our little journey we went on and so i've been for uh, a couple of days i did spend some time on marriage um it's good a couple of days because uh you know, I told them, I said, you know, Kinder's small town, and we got the count nailed down now. How many's there? <laughs> and uh, so, but in that size town, even, I can, you could point in any direction from the church, and I could tell you a horror story about a pastor and his family. Yeah. Um, and then, of course, the ripple effects through the church, but the, the family itself, and um, that I couldn't stress the importance enough of having a healthy and a strong marriage, Amen. that that base camp. And um so in talking about that, I've led into, and I've been, the last couple of days I've been spending on, there was a nine-year period before we went in. We were always involved, you know, but a nine-year period before we, we went on staff at a church and how easy it would have been, at least in our lives, it would have been very easy for that call to just have kind of went by the wayside. Yeah, just throw in the towel. Been you. choked out, you yeah. know, just uh, get get focused on other things everything going on in life it was during that time that we had uh two kids during that time and um just living in life and uh even though we were involved there were two different occasions where you know i'm embarrassed to say but i come in and i told sheila i said look we we um i don't think there's anything to this call and uh you know that it's just it it went so dormant it seemed with Mm -hmm. just life and uh didn't seem to be happening what i was sharing with them is i can almost guarantee you it's not going to happen the way you think it's going to happen it's not going to happen in the time frame many times you think it's going to happen in there's a proven time that god's doing in your life and and you need to be faithful but in that time it's easy with just life happening to go dormant and so um i talked about that and how paul talked to timothy about stirring Stirring up the gift and um, not becoming entangled, you know, good soldiers don't become entangled in all the affairs of this life, the business of this life. And, you know, you know, going over with them a lot, they probably know the fact that you got to live, you got to do maintenance, you got to do all the stuff. But if you don't do almost anything you have, you got to do maintenance on. But if you don't do maintenance on that call, yeah. if there's not the, the revisiting of that call, especially during that time, but all, you know, y'all, you got to do it your whole life. But during that time to stir up that, that call that's in there, uh, it could be dormant, and 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 getting back to what I was saying, that I come in two different times and told my wife Sheila, I said I don't think there's anything to this call. I'm uh, I'm pursuing another job from what I had at that point, and this is what we're going to do. And, and on those two separate occasions, within one of the times I know it was 24 hours, the other one it could have been 48 hours. I was let go from my job, <laughs> and I I mean I was so devastated. I didn't understand. I remember the first time for sure. I went to a different, little bit different spot in the woods, the second one. But that first one, I went down behind my mom's house in the woods, went and sat on the edge of the creek. And I just told God, I don't understand. I don't understand what's happening. And, and, and both of those occasions, what I felt within myself was God saying, you seem to be confused about what I've called you to do. And you need to spend some time with me. So I went ahead and cleared your schedule for you. <laughs> and so, uh, of course, I got another job. And everything, but, but I did that first time for sure. The job had pulled me out of church almost completely. Mm. And see, those different times, you know, what I always tell people, even in the church, it doesn't matter if you're if it's COVID, you know, and, and, you, and you're out during that time, mm-hmm. it, a pandemic. It doesn't matter if you're serving soup in a in a soup kitchen. 
It doesn't matter. It could be work. It, it doesn't matter what how you know noble the task is. If you're 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 gone from church, you become disconnected, mm. and and or not around other believers. You become disconnected. It doesn't matter, matter what the reason is, and it begins to affect you. And so, um, I've spent two days talking about that nine-year period in our life to where that call had to be revisited, and and how easy. Again, at least in our life, I think it could have been walked away from and, you know, justified mm-hmm. in a sense to say, I don't think God's called me to 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 do this, to minister to others. And um, I think that, that everybody called to ministry, I think at some point in their life, has to deal with that. Yeah, it's like a wilderness season. I don't know. And that, that's so valuable for those students that you're speaking to at this stage because uh, there'll be those hearing you that's going to walk across that stage in May and enter a period like that. It may not take nine years, uh, but they'll go. Some of them will go through that, and, yeah. and your words will ring true. Yeah, yeah, that's good. And something else that, from a pastor standpoint, you know, a pastor needs to realize is that the people in their church, they're getting all their spiritual meat from you. Yeah, yeah. So, <laughs> so if you're not staying, you know, committed to your call, and and, and you know, then um, they're not getting anything. Right. Exactly and, right. And which um. And also, too, I know my dad always talked about, that the, um, you know, going back to the Bible, is that God instituted the family before he instituted the church. Yeah. And it's important, you know, for our family, not only husband and wife, but also the kids. And I, I know when I was um, in Albania, Raymond, Albania, and um, during um, communism, during Albania there, uh, religion was outlawed. You you couldn't be a part of any religion, um, you yeah. know, any kind of organized religion. You know, they they you couldn't be a part of it. So um, um, we had this pastors, you know, roundtable thing, and so you know they're just asking me different questions, and they said, you know, well, Craig, you know, not only are we first generation pastors, we're first generation Christians. Um, you know, we've we've never pastored before. We've never um, and and um, so obviously. Didn't grow up in church, so we have no clue what our kids are going through. Yeah, and so they were asking me, you know, from a growing up in a, in a pastor's house. I mean, what are our kids going through? And I, and I said, well, the biggest thing that a lot of your kids are saying, and this rang true with a lot of a lot of them, was, um, you know, my parents care about the church more than they care about me. And so and I know there's a lot of PKs that they feel now. Maybe, maybe the pastor doesn't feel that way, but it seems. You know that they're more concerned about, um, you know the the people in their church than they are about their own family. So I think it's important that you know the, the family should come first, and and it's it's pretty important um, for any pastor. Well, I don't remember the number exactly, but you just saying that brought something to my remembrance. Uh, the year that Kim and I were in the Colorado mountains and got spent those three days with Eugene Peterson, I think it was '09. Just a handful of us. Uh, he told a story about when he was pastoring and his daughter asking him to do something with her and uh, on a particular evening, and he told him, no, baby, you know, I've got a meeting at church. She'd been keeping track, and she pulled out her little deal and said, Daddy, this is like the 30-something night in a row. Lord, that you haven't been home because you were doing something with the church. That'll humble well. you. Fast. <laughs> you know, I, I was talking about uh, with them, with the students there, that when we were at Rama, I remember, and I, and I, I didn't have a, a uh, 
there was nobody in my family in ministry. There wasn't a reference point. Right. I wasn't a, yeah. a preacher's kid. And so there were things that, that Pastor Hagen said in the family class that they yeah. did or in some classes they were just talking about it. Um, I don't remember remember specifically what the class was. Minister's but I re- family class. I'm minister's sure. family, yeah. okay. Yeah. And so um, it's been too far back mm-hmm. to remember the name. <laughs> no, but I, uh, I was – I can remember things that he said that at the time did not make sense to me. Because, you know, my dad was context for it. No, my dad was uh, I can remember one thing that he just this is a small thing, it seems. But he said that they would, you know, when when y'all were younger, he would go to a, um, you know, a fast food place. And if the kids wanted to go here, one of them wanted to go here, whatever, he'd just do it. And I mean, my reference point was I was my dad was like old school Marines, like you can eat that or you ain't getting nothing. And so that's all. Yeah, you can do without you can eat that or do without starve. And so. uh I didn't have a reference point, and then, you know, what I was sharing with them when I, as a pastor and my kids growing up, I realized, I think, I can't, you're not trying to put words in his mouth, but I think some of these things that he was sharing, I began to understand when they were young, you know, um, and I was telling them, there's a lot of things that they have to put up with that other kids don't have to put up with, Mm -hmm. and so uh, don't sweat the small stuff. You know, where you can bend, yeah. bend. Yeah. And I, I remember using that as a reference point to go back to, and, and that was something we endeavored to do with our kids because there was so much, you know, you got the people in the church that, that that's their role, they think, and their mission to, you know, watch your kids, how they're dressing. Encourage Pastors' them. kids need to, yeah, dress this way and that way or, whatever, you know, whatever the deal is. And, um, and so they got all this pressure on them, that fishbowl. And so uh, in the areas, there'll be things you can't bend on, but in the areas you can um, bend. I mean, the, the time frame, thinking about that, what you were talking about with uh, Eugene Peterson, we were in building projects for years. And uh, the first starting at year three and just kept going and building projects. And I can remember coming home and uh, my youngest daughter, I think, was four during this time. And I had like 20 guys waiting at the church. And so I, I ran home to change clothes and was going back, and I was walking out the door. She ran out and grabbed me by the leg, holding on to my leg, mm-hmm. and, uh, you know, just tearing your heart out. Just And Sheila said, can't you just stay home one night, just stay home tonight with it? And I had these guys waiting. I said, please, please don't do this right now. You know, don't, don't do this to me right now. You mm-hmm. know I want to be here. And I was telling them these kind of things, our priorities, you know, we have to put boundaries in place to protect the priorities that we have or they they naturally just drift off and get yep, off, yep, and yep. so we got to do we got to put those boundaries in place. But it's important, I think. I was sharing with them. You're gonna have times where you're pouring into that priority. You know, it's not as clear cut. Seasons in seasons, and I said one of the critical things you need to understand is the difference in a season and a lifestyle. There you go. Because yeah. if you don't, it takes wisdom to figure it out. But yep. if you don't figure it out, you'll think, oh yeah, we've been in a season for twenty 10 years. years. <laughs> Yeah, that's good. That's, yeah. that's good. Yeah. A lot of wisdom in that. Yeah. Yeah. Well, let me mention Raymond Bible Training College. Obviously, um, we're all graduates of Raymond Bible Training College, as well as Tony and I, instructors here. Um, you know, maybe you're out there listening to this program and you're thinking, man, I want to learn more about the Bible. Or maybe you know you have a call to ministry. Um, if you'll go to rbtc.org, rbtc.org, you can give us your name, your email. Um, and a phone number, and we'll have one of our student ambassadors give you a call, talk to you more about Raymond, try to set up a time where you can come to a college weekend or come visit campus, you know, and 
and learn more about Rama. No, no matter whether you're 18 or you're 82, you're never too old um, to come to Rama Bible Training College to, to learn more about the Word of God. Um, actually, you know what? We're, we're going to go ahead and close today's um, podcast. We're going to bring you back um, for next week's podcast. I want to talk about some things that Tony was telling me about going on in your church. Anyway, here at Rama, we're bringing hope, help, and healing to the world. God bless you guys. Have a wonderful day.